A shocking loss for the Nashville Predators over the weekend, losing to the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, that wasn't shocking at all. Let's be honest. Predators couldn't end Edmonton's massive winning streak, but they're going to get another shot at a Canadian team tonight when they take on the Sens. We have a preview of that game, plus some Monday plus minus on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to start out with a special hello to our loyal Locked On Pred heads, the everydayers you turn into every single show. We love you guys, and we appreciate the support you give us week in and week out. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at The Hockey News. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your best bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. It's Monday, which means it's time for some plus minus. It's where we go through the last week of Predators hockey. Look at the highs and lows, assign them pluses and minuses accordingly. We'll get to that coming up in a little bit. But first, weekend loss to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, not surprising considering the Oilers have won a bajillion straight. I think it's more like 16 at that point, but bajillion sounds cool. Feels like a bajillion. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of wins in a row uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I believe they've tied the 2017 Blue Jackets uh, for longest in, in like past five, six years, something like that. Um yeah, and the funny thing about this game was, and is I don't think the Predators played all that bad in it. No, this was another game very similar to last Monday's Florida game where the Nashville Predators came out and they did so many things well. If you look at the statistics from this game, Nashville dominated possession at five on five. They had far more high danger chances. They were uh, predicted to win if you're looking at the stats for expected goals for Nashville had 3.04. Edmonton had 1.92. You know, they outshot the Oilers. They held the Oilers to 21 shots on goal, which was pretty good for, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl and literally everybody else in that lineup who's playing really hot right now. So overall, this actually was not a horrible game from the Nashville Predators. But I think what you're looking at is, A, you're looking at the Edmonton Oilers who on the power play are, it's like Vivian Ward. It's a sure thing, you know, from Pretty Woman. Um, but also you're looking at a, a roster that has just a little bit more developed, you know, a little bit more, let's be real, a lot more developed talent than what the Nashville Predators had. But for what the Nashville Predators have, for where this team is at, I thought it was a good game from the Predators. I thought they actively outplayed the Edmonton Oilers, to be honest. I mean, you yeah. talk about the big, there's a big advantage in possession. There's a big advantage in shots. Uh, the key difference is that the Oilers, when they did have some good chances, didn't hesitate to finish. Uh, and also 
being on the power play certainly helps uh, when you're the Edmonton Oilers. Um, yeah, it, it's to me, it's another one of those things where you're looking at the Predators and you're saying, okay, they're doing a lot of things right. They're just not finding a way to get a win. Yeah. Um, you know, and even though Kevin Lankinen got the loss, I still think he did, uh, you know, he a pretty, really, a, well. A really well game or a really good game over the weekend. Um, yeah. And, and so that's, it's tough because you're, that's, I feel like that's been the inconsistent step with Nashville this season where, you know, we're, we remember we were having this conversation earlier in the year when the Predators were kind of off to that really bad start. It's like, you're looking and it's like, okay, on paper, like, they're dominating possession. They're getting more shots than the other team. They're getting more high danger chances. They're leading expected goals. Why aren't they necessarily winning? And yeah, yeah there's going to be games like that for every team. Like there's going to be like in the course of an 82 game season, there are going to be good teams who absolutely dominate a team and then wind up losing four to two, you know, five, three, something like that. Um, but at the same time, chance for the Nashville Predators, like you do look at this game and it's like, okay, they had some chances to really finish and, you know, cap off possession with exclamation point. And it goes back to, um, you know, I can't remember what game it was, but we were talking about this last week where, you know, the, the Predators had a chance to kind of get back in it. It was that Florida game. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you, you miss whiffed on a shot into an open net and, you know, you have a, a, a two on one and shoot it right at the goalie's logo. It's it seems like that's kind of been the frustration with the Preds this year and is they just can't finish. Yeah. And I think it's a very different frustration than what we thought we would be feeling with this Nashville Predators team under Barry Trotz with these young players. But the feeling is the same. There is some frustration with it. And against Edmonton, even when they were up two goals, the way that Nashville was playing, it didn't feel like an insurmountable lead. Like I really felt like the Predators were in this game, even down two goals, because they were generating chances and they were kind of owning puck possession for large stretches of time. I think defensively, they did a really good job as well. I thought Kevin Lincoln, and although his stats may not tell, you know, a great story about the game, I thought he played really well. Until, and I feel like the moment this game turned is when Connor McDavid scored and it became a three goal game and Connor McDavid, you know, scored that goal. And, and it was frustrating because up until that point, you really felt like this is a game that Nashville could somehow find a way to win. And there have been a number of games against really quality teams this season where you felt like Nashville could find a way to get this win and they don't. So it's 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 a very double-edged sword. Like the Nashville Predators were competitive against the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. The Nashville Predators can't finish against the Edmonton Oilers. It's a double-edged sword. It's really hard to know how to walk away from a game like this Edmonton game. Yeah. Well, and let's walk away from a game like this Edmonton game uh, because we have the Ottawa Senators tonight. Yeah. Uh, this is a team. Oh, boy. Uh if if you're worried about the direction of the Nashville Predators, just just take a glance up. Take heart. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's it's not been a good year for the Senators, and this is and it's surprising, Anne, because you know it's 
you know, you look at what the Senators have and the a good young core people like, you know, Tim Stutzla, I think is going to be an NHL star. Yes. Talk about Brady Kachuk, I think being a really good NHL player. And then, you know, just a lot of young talent. Uh, Jake Sanderson, I think, is on track to being a really, really good NHL defenseman. Talk about Jacob Chikrin having a really good year. Thomas Shabbat, I think, has always sort of been underrated in his career. So I'm listing off all these really cool things I like about the Ottawa Senators and, you know, things about their team that they can be positive about and move forward. But it's just, it feels like every year we say like, okay, this is the year the Oilers or or the Senators take a big step forward. And it it just, they just can't seem to do it. And yeah. Yeah, and it's it's hard. It's a little bit hard to watch because I'm with you. I think that there have been a couple of seasons where we were like, hey, sneaky, sneaky pick. Keep your eye on the Ottawa Senators. But like you said, what's on paper doesn't necessarily translate to their record, which is like, what, 18? I think it's 18, 25, and 2. So they're not getting the wins that on paper you feel like they should get. They are coming off of a Saturday night rough loss to the New York Rangers. They were up two to nothing. They looked really good in the first period. New York Rangers came back and scored five goals in the second period, ended up winning seven to two. And it was one of those games. And and part of what I wonder if is kind of happening with the senators, you wonder like this may not be an on ice talent issue. This may be a um, like an adversity uh, issue for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. And it's something that I think the Nashville Predators work through. They certainly worked through it. Are you know, they talked about that a lot at the beginning of the season where the minute you face a goal against, it throws you and, and you kind of, you know, you're you have to learn to to go back out the next shift. And so this last loss really looked like a game where the Ottawa Senators were like, they got punched in the mouth and they didn't know how to get back up. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, you, like you said, you look at that roster, you're like, this is a really talented roster. Mm-hmm. And I think the Nashville Predators need to go in tonight with a lot of respect for the talent on that roster 100%. because the Ottawa senators just lost seven to two at home. They are not going to want to repeat that performance. So I think the predators, you know, do not take this team lightly because they have the ability to play very well they have lots of talent on the team and if they can keep the mental game uh healthy they could be a dangerous team and look here's what's real the predators have to win this game they just have to win this game yeah you said about a a lot of games here for the preds (laughs) recently because but no but because it's 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 just in that time of year and and i think for the nashville predators this these next week you know or these next couple weeks um are going to kind of be i think in my mind an audition for barry trotz to to be like okay can we make a run are we going to get in the playoffs and be competitive or do we need to start thinking about maybe selling some pieces at the deadline i think this is kind of going to be that trial run for this current group for the nashville predators to see if they can turn it around yeah, I agree. Uh, six o'clock central puck drop tonight in Ottawa. Uh, should be an interesting matchup. We will have a recap of that coming up tomorrow. 
But first, it's Monday, which means it's time for Monday Plus Minus. We will recap the highs and lows of Predators hockey over the past week, coming up in just one second. First, I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die in the garage alive and well. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need to the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, Anne, it is time for some Monday plus minus mm-hmm. where we go through the past week of Nashville Predators hockey. Give pluses to things that we like, some players that are trending in the right direction, and minuses to the things that uh, we have some scuttlebutt about. Maybe some things that need some improvement. And would you like to start us off with a plus? Yeah, I do. I'm going to start off the first plus, and and there are several this week. I want to start off with a plus for Cole Smith. Mm. Now, we talked about the news. Cole Smith just signed a two-year, $2 million contract with the Nashville Predators. And look, Facebook friends, I know (laughs) that y'all are like, Cole Smith, he, you know, why would you resign Cole Smith? There are so many reasons why you would resign Cole Smith. And I think if you can kind of set aside the, just the almost cellular level response people have to Cole Smith from something seasons ago that didn't even have anything to do with him, you would understand that this is actually a great deal for the Nashville Predators. They signed him again, two-year, $2 million deal. And you're looking at somebody who, look, Cole Smith is not going to compete with Ryan O'Reilly, Philip Forsberg for a top-line spot. He's not. But what he does, he is good at. And he is having a career year. He's got five goals, which is a career high. He has 17 points in 48 games. Those 17 points he had in 69 games. So he's going to surpass that as well. But it's not about statistics when you sign a player like Cole Smith. Cole Smith does a lot of things well. You know when he is out there on the ice, something is going to happen. Now, Mm -hmm. is it going to be a... you know, a Michigan goal by Cole Smith? Probably no. Probably Please no. be a Michigan goal by Cole Smith. Oh my gosh. Let Can me tell you something. You heard it here first. <laughs> Let's do it for the reaction on Twitter, please. Let's do it. Just, just for that. But look, this is somebody who plays a really big role on the penalty kill. This is somebody who is plays a good physical game. This is, you know, you, you hate to say it, but you still have to have an enforcer on the team. I think Cole Smith does that as well. When he's on the ice, he does things. And also, here's what's real. When Cole Smith signed this contract, we were at practice and they had him take a lap, you know, and everybody, you know, all the team did stick taps. And so in just in talking with him and talking with Andrew Burnett and talking to a bunch of his teammates in the locker room afterward, they love this guy. They love this guy in the locker room. He's doing what he needs to do on the ice. You see him, his game improving. This is an easy 
plus for me. Way to go, Cole yeah. Smith. Super glad he's back for two years. Yeah, 100% uh, improved from last season. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you, when you watch him on the ice, what he does, I think, fits really well into that Andrew Burnett system. Not just with a lot of speed, but with you know the ability to win puck battles along the board. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a well-deserved extension for Cole Smith. And I'm kind of excited to see if he can kind of keep evolving and keep bringing that same energy, you know, to, to the bottom six uh, every night, especially as this team starts to get a, a little bit better down the yeah. stretch uh, for me. And I want to give a plus uh, to someone who we have off discussed, not necessarily in the best of ways this season. And that's Roman Yossi. Okay. Uh, look, Roman Yossi is, you know, we, it wasn't that long ago. We kind of had that debate. It's like, is he, is he taking a step back? Is he, you know, maybe just having not the kind of same impact that he was this year. Um, and I, I think it's clear that Roman Yossi is starting to trend in the right direction, especially on the score sheet, uh, five on. points in his last five games. Of course he had a two point goal and assist night against Minnesota, uh, last week. And then, um, you know, we, um, you know, the game before that against Arizona, a goal and assist for another two-point matchup. The offense is starting to kind of creep back in. He's up to 42 points in 49 games this season. But I think the big thing for Roman Yossi is we've really underrated, I think, the defensive improvement yes. from this year to last year. Um, look, I mean, he is, I would say – more so than ever this year, and I think really being counted on to sort of be a number one defenseman again yeah. in terms of going out there and going toe to toe with you know the other team's top line, uh, you know, responsible for going out there and getting a stop, um, you know, against the the number one score on the other team. I think more so than ever, he's kind of been tasked with doing that this year, and I think for the most part. He's done as well as you have hoped. And I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, he was good on defense because Ryan Ellis was right next to him or because he had Matthias Eckholm True. on the line beneath him. And he took a lot of the heavy load for, for that kind of thing. But I think Roman Yossi this year is proving some value defensively to the Nashville Predators. And I think he's taken on more responsibility this year for the Nashville Predators. And, it, and it's shown. In, in some of these games. And so stick tap to Roman Yossi. It feels like maybe the offense is creeping back up to where we thought it would be. Uh, and the defense I think has been a little bit underrated this season. And so stick taps to Roman Yossi. Yeah. And I think too, you have to remember that this whole new system under Andrew Brunette really changed a lot for Roman Yossi. And he's had to sort of refine where his game lands in this. He's been asked to do some different things. So I agree with you. I think for the adjustments that he's made, we're starting to see how this is going to work long-term for Roman Yossi. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not all sunshine and rainbows, and it is not all, I don't know, puppy dogs and Taylor Beautiful. Swift. Yeah, whatever, whatever happy, joyous things there are out there. <laughs> there are some minuses to the Nashville Predators. Um, we have time for a minus before the break. Would you like to drop a minus on us? Oh my goodness. Can we please talk about this honestly? Y'all. The power play. I like to call it the anemic play because there is no power. They went 0 for 10 this week. 
in games where power play goals could have changed the outcome, y'all. Nashville Predators power play. And what is so frustrating is this is not a power play without offensive weapons. For the love, you know, yeah. that top unit, Philip Forsberg. They have Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly, y'all. Uh, Roman Yossi, Colton Sissons, Gus Nyquist. For the love, what are we doing? What we're doing is not A, getting in the zone, B, just not winning those face-offs, and they're just not scoring on this power play. And look, it was not for lack of chances. There were a couple of looks that I think will will haunt a few players on the power play where they just didn't finish, you know, finish on an opportunity. But this is something that Nashville, if you want to get back to contention, you gotta have a good power play. And when they have trouble, you know, winning that opening face off and the puck is cleared. They had trouble this week getting it back in the zone and getting set up. I think the second power play unit, it's a young group. Um, so I don't, my expectations aren't as high, but even there, I'm like, let's see some more opportunities. The second unit feels like they're afraid to shoot the puck. Yeah. It is. It is really tough to watch. And, you know, Colton Sissons talked about it after the Edmonton game. Man, power plays could have made a difference in that game. And they just don't have it going. They have got to address the power play. Got to fix the power play. Woof. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I Woof. feel like we should just save this clip uh, because we've talked about this for, <laughs> what, the past three seasons now. Yes. And I feel like we're going to talk about it in a future season. It's a me, Anna. It's just, yeah, and it's just decision making on yes. the power play to me. And it's and it's not just because you know you mentioned the second unit, a lot of the younger players. You know, we kind of came down on Luke Evangelista last week for you know just get to the net and shoot the puck. yeah, shoot the puck. We're gonna have to bring back the Mikhail Granlund epic rant that <laughs> somehow is like our third most viewed YouTube clip ever. It was amazing. I, I, Your meltdown was amazing and, yeah. and straight on point. I don't know why, but like it's it's the top line too, where it's okay. Like you have a look, like take the shot, shoot it. Yeah, you you have like Colton Sissons. I think is doing good, like in front of the net or around the net. He's there for a rebound. He's there to you know win a puck battle if the puck is loose. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of sort of I think passing like making the extra pass, like, you know, you get down, I, there was a play in, I think it was the Florida game. It might've been Arizona last week, but there was a play in which the puck got down low. It was a two on one and, you know, it's a perfect opportunity to shoot the puck. And instead they tried to force a pass. It got broken up and, and went away. You got behind the defense, which is what you want to do on a power play. You got everybody out of sorts and you didn't, even take you didn't get a shot on goal out of it there's a lot of that i, I think for the nashville predators in both units this yes. year where I, I think you said it best last week when it's like it feels like sometimes you're just trying to be too cute stop being cute yeah it feels like you're trying to be too cute just make the simple play and i think yeah. that you'll you know maybe get a little bit more success and i think that's what it is on the power play um it can't all be bad and so we are going to have to end on a couple of pluses also have one more minus to throw your way uh that's coming up here 
in just a second. First, want to wish everybody a happy Super Bowl. Nick and I have had a delightful time pre-recording discussing how we feel about the Super Bowl. You're welcome that that wasn't recorded. But we do want to wish a happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Of course, we know it's going to be the 49ers versus the Chiefs. It's going to be a good game. But if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch. It's about grabbing the favorite snacks. And it's also about placing some super bets. And this year, FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or maybe two or hey, maybe three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58, by the way, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, all of that kind of thing. They have so many options for the big game. And look, if you are a new customer, join today and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So you've got to check it out now. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Again, check out FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Ann, let's get to a minus, shall we? And we yep. kind of hit on it a little bit. Uh, and that to me is finishing. Gah, finishing to yes. me has been a big problem for the Nashville Predators. And I'm not just talking about finishing games either, because that's certainly a big issue on its own. You get a lead, you can't close the door. Uh, we, we've unfortunately seen a lot of games for that this year, but I'm talking about finishing your chances. Come on. The predators to me just haven't had that sort of finesse to finish a play. You know, there, there's a play this weekend. I think it was Luke Evangelista who, you know, gets, gets into the zone against Edmonton. Um, Luke Evangelista, I feel like has just been an example player a lot over the past week. Um, Poor, poor, pretty boy. We love him. We yeah. love him, Kenzo. Um, but you know, he he goes in there, makes like you know a good play to get himself open, and then just you know shoots it right at the goaltender. Again, I mean, we've seen that again this weekend. And yeah, some good goaltending performance in Edmonton this weekend. I thought Stuart True. Skinner played Great. really, really well. I think he deserved that win. Um, but yeah, it did make a couple of good saves. But I also thought the Predators kind of made it easy for him at times. Look. Possession is great if you're the Nashville Predators. Uh, the fact that you're in the vast majority of games kind of controlling your possession, I think that's a good positive thing. The fact that you're, you know, kind of forcing turnovers and winning puck battles and you're starting to do all these little things that you want to see good teams in the NHL do, that's great. It doesn't matter if you can't get the puck in the net. And this is where some of these big guns for the Nashville Predators are going to need to step up. The Predators need to step up the offense. Possession is great. Winning the puck battles is great. But you have to make it count. You have to get goals in the back of the net. And for me, that's been the problem for the Nashville Predators this season. It, yeah. Look, it's just they have the puck. They're doing it's like it's like creating a movie where the ending sucks. <laughs> like it's just like it's right there it's right there all you have to do is figure out a way to fix this one last little bit and i think that you will be golden 
And yeah. the Nashville Predators, that's just getting the puck in the net. If you can find a few more finishers somewhere on this team, then I think the Nashville Predators are a very dangerous team. Yep, I agree. It's like cheaters' roses. You know, lovely, smell great, don't change the outcome. That's what is happening with the Nashville Predators. Like, you have to finish those shots. And I'm with you. So much about it is shot placement. Like, choose your shot. Don't shoot it at the goaltender. Shoot it around the goaltender. Shoot it past the goaltender. I agree with you. The finishing is very frustrating. I do believe it's going to get better. But you even want to see it with players like Philip Forsberg. You want to see it with players like Gus Nyquist. And, yeah. and so, yeah, it's it's become a thing. It's become a whole thing. It has become a whole thing. Um, and... Let's let's not end the show on a negative note, shall we? That's that's not very nice of us. No, no, it's not who we are. So I want to I want to end on a fat plus, y'all. And and this is just my PSA. If you are not watching the Milwaukee Admirals, yeah, you are not watching what you need to be checking out if you love hockey. Let me tell you something. You have got to check out the Milwaukee Admirals. They are on a 10-game win streak, y'all. They have not lost since January 1st, 2024. And it's not even that they have not lost. It's that they have beat some really good players, and they did it again this weekend where they faced the Chicago Wolves who had won five in a row. This is a team with a lot of talent on it. Former Nashville Predator Rocco Grimaldi, who a lot of people in Nashville still love. He's playing with the Wolves. He's playing incredible in the AHL. Milwaukee Admirals are on fire. You have Yaroslav Askarov, who is playing fantastic in net. Not to be outshone by the elder statesman, Troy Grosnick, who is also playing incredible. He got, got a shutout this weekend. Got a shutout against the Chicago Wolves, which again, friends, I'm telling you, this is a great team that he faced. Um, you've got these guys playing well. You have Igor Afanasyev is on a tear. Zachary LaRue is has made the adjustment to the AHL in the blink of an eye. He is playing so well. Joachim Kimmel came back from injury this week and scored a goal. Fetter Svechkov on fire. I am telling you right now, if you are not watching the Milwaukee Admirals, you have like 29% less joy in your life and you should fix that. Um, they're leading the Central Division by 10 points. They are only behind the Hershey Bears and the Providence Bruins in the entire AHL. And those guys have played like five and six more games uh -huh. than the Milwaukee Admirals. For the love of all that's holy, if if you need a little hockey joy, you need the Milwaukee Admirals because they and, – and this has not been easy. They lost a lot of good players last season. Some of these guys, again, like we're seeing in the NHL, so they've kind of had to redo some things, resign some guys. Some guys have had to step up their game. Y'all, Milwaukee is the real deal. Got to check out the Admirals. And a shout-out to somebody else because, look, we've talked about Afanasiev, who's having a really good year in Milwaukee yeah. right now. And honestly, I I think a call-up is coming in the next little bit, and I really do. Yeah, um, We've talked about how exciting it is to see, you know, Zachary LaRue come up and have such a good sort of first pro season. Yes. Uh, Svechkov, I think a lot of people kind of forgot about veteran Svechkov and having a good year. But the person to shout-out – is another forgotten Nashville Predator, Mark Jankowski. Come on! Third in the AHL in scoring Let's uh, go. right now. And he's done it in three fewer games than the two Texas Stars. 
right ahead of him. Uh, 44 points, 15 goals, 29 assists in 36 games down in Milwaukee. Yep. Uh, this is, this is you know, hey, a, a former NHL player was with the Predators a lot on the NHL roster last year. I think sometimes, you know, you see those guys sort of check out. You know, it's, hey, you're in the AHL. All right, well, you'll be an AHL player now. Not Mark Jankowski. Mark Jankowski mm -hmm. uh, is, I, I want to say, like, he's kind of like this year's Ryan O'Reilly in yes. Milwaukee, where he's just sort of the guy that is there that the other young players on the roster can look at and be like, this is how you prepare. This is how you play the game. Like, this is what solid two-way hockey looks like. I think Jankowski is doing a great job of that in Milwaukee. So I want to make sure Jankowski is this yes. for what is going on with the Admirals this season too. Yep. It's just, I'm telling you, it's an exciting season. If you want to get excited about what's happening in the pipeline, I am telling you, you got to check out the Milwaukee Admirals, such a great team and, and uh, you know, just great coaching staff. Just check out Milwaukee. Yeah. I could do a whole episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, that's, I assume that we're going to start seeing some, uh, Milwaukee Admirals on the Nashville Predators sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, so tomorrow on the Lockdown Predators podcast, recap from tonight's Predators Senators showdown, uh, plus more news from the week. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on social media at Ann K underscore mama on ice. You can find me at underscore NS Morgan on social media or read my work at penaltyboxradio.com. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back with an all-new episode tomorrow. We'll see you then.